0: There are lies that I think, as a Mm -hmm. culture, we're falling into about sex uh, as parents and kids and we're trying to navigate these waters. How do we have these conversations? How do we identify those lies? What are some of them and how do we have these conversations?
1: And what is the truth that replaces that lie and allows us to exchange the counterfeit for the real thing? We have the gold Mm. of God's truth. And we are being sold, ladies and gentlemen, a bill of goods when it comes to the area of sex, sexuality, uh, and how, as parents, we need to kind of find ourselves being reactive because our kids are so much quicker to imbibe the cultural narratives around this. Mm -hmm. So we need to be very vigilant, very uh, clear, very bold, um, and and very uh, articulate when it comes to identifying the cultural lies and dispelling those lies and then replacing them with God's golden truths in these areas, which is, we're going to do that. We're going to go through four different lies today, and we'll see you on the other side. This is Fierce Parenting,
0: where we believe that kids are a blessing, family
1: is God's idea, and
0: everything about parenting is discipleship.
1: So leave the blame, shame, could-haves, and should-haves at the door, and join us for gospel-centered conversations. Welcome to Fierce Parenting.
0: Just a quick, I don't know, lay of the land of what we're going to do today. We are, we have been, I've really enjoyed Fierce Parenting because it's been so much more of a collaborative effort. We've had a lot of contributors, contributing articles, uh, one from uh, an account that I follow and I have their book as well, the Mama Bear Apologetics uh, account. They are just an on fire team that are wanting to equip parents um, to deal with all things (laughs) like cultural, uh, especially when it comes to... To yeah. I think just sex and sin, and there's just there's a lot out there right now, and so this they they we they graciously submitted an article for us on Fierce Parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to tell the name of it, or do you want to?
1: Yeah, so the article uh, as it stands, it's currently it? um kind of going through the last rounds of editing. Uh, as it stands, it's called Four Lies Parents and Kids Have to Stop Believing About Sex, and so this is going to be a different approach. I don't I don't know if anyone's ever done this. Maybe they have, but. This is kind of a, we'll call this interview by proxy. We hope to have them on as guests on the podcast. I'm just so thankful for these these sisters in Christ that have just responded to the call of God to speak into these hard areas boldly, but also with a winsome um, personality. Right. right?
0: I think with clarity and also with empathy and compassion. Um, So again, not just like preaching the truth, but also living out that truth as well. So I yeah. appreciate, yeah, I do appreciate their boldness because sometimes I just want to like do my thing in the corner and not yeah. face the battle that is waging on behind me. And they are mm-hmm. like, we can and we will, and God is is with us. And so. Uh, yeah,
1: if you're a reader and you want to you know, re- read this, interact with this article um, online, go to fierceparenting.com. It's four lies. Parents and kids have to stop believing about sex. We're going to go through it in real time and respond. So within each lie, and this is what I kind of want to do in addition to what they've already provided in this resource I want to look at each lie especially the ones that are convincing compelling and seem to have traction are usually some subtle distortion of the truth some mm-hmm. twisting of the truth just a few degrees off
0: right so what is that distortion and then
1: what is the and then what is the deep truth that we can replace that lie with so good in, in the lives of our kids so we're just going to interact with this a little bit um, it'll be a good time if you haven't yet, please do take a moment to leave a rating and a review for the Fierce Parenting podcast. You all have been awesome. We're so thankful for the people who have already done that. I'm mm-hmm. so encouraged. Somebody, um, I, I mean, I could probably quote any one of these reviews that people <laughs> have left, uh, but I'm just so thankful. You guys, we do this like because God has called us to do this. We show up. We're committed to providing the most quality Christ-centered content as consistently as possible. We just want to continue mm-hmm. showing up into the space, but I'll say this. It does get wearing. <laughs> it's especially with the fierce marriage side, now the fierce parenting side. It's 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 good, difficult work, um and we're committed to it. And these moments of encouragement are so important. So thank you for leaving a rating and a review. Another way to encourage and support is to partner with us. Go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. There are a few tiers there, but it's really early in the ministry, but as the ministry grows, as we have more resources, we have a number of books that we're working on. Those resources and videos and things will become available to the partners first at a discount, if not free. So if you want to be part of that early on, go to dot slash partner. Okay. So what is this stream that we're swimming in? Okay. We are in culture. We are in the West. We are in the United States,
0: not just the West. We're in Washington. <laughs> Let's just, well,
1: okay. Yeah. Us, the Fredericks are the in Fredericks, Washington yes, state.
0: We're in Washington state which where it is I especially
1: is... liberal. Yes. And, uh,
0: we are missionaries people. <laughs> We we're feel no like longer we are missionaries. We're no
1: longer, <laughs> we're not just post church here. It's not like we've gotten over church in the West. When I say the West, I mean the Northwest Washington State. We are actually as church planting kind of experts. Call us. We're pre church again. In other words, it's we don't even have the kind of the markers of a culture or society that was shaped by Christendom Mm. by Christianity anymore. There's no such thing as cultural Christianity out here. It's like people are hearing the gospel for the first time. Mm. And so praise God, praise God. And we're committed to doing that in our local church gatherings and things like that. But it does make us highly aware and attentive to some of these narratives that are being, you know, kind of spun up by popular culture, particularly around sex and sexuality. Mm. And so we parent, Christian parent, we want to enliven you uh, with the truths of God and to remind you through this ministry that you don't have to take and, and uh, uh, you don't have to internalize hook, line, and sinker the mm. narratives of our society. You have truth in your hand. If you're holding on to scripture, you have the truth. Hold fast to that. You have not only the truth, but you have the author himself. Mm. You have the Holy Spirit who has been given to you. By your king and savior, the son of God, Jesus Christ, who sent by the father, you have the triune God undergirding the truth. And in a sense, this truth that we have, truths that are interwoven in, you know, I'm talking about the universal truths of morality, the universal truths, like even physical laws. Those are all written by God and then placed into action by God. So we can stand on those things Mm -hmm. and we can, we can reject lies the thing is, is we have to have our wits about us. We can be in the middle of a battlefield. And if we don't realize that shots are being fired, like we're going to get picked off. We need to, we need to understand what is actually at stake, mm. especially in the the fight in our culture for the hearts and minds of our children, namely in their sexuality and things like that. So we're going to, um, cont- and this is actually part three of a, of a four week kind of focused series on sex and sexuality. We're going to continue next week. Um, but, I just want to lay that groundwork and just give you permission, parent, to say, wait a second. No, I don't believe that. Wait a second. That's that's wrong. You need to call a spade a spade in these spaces.
0: Yeah. So what's um, I think we one, especially or- see this, at least up here in the Northwest, in the education system because of uh, the way that sex education is now being uh, just un- unleashed in schools. Um <laughs> And you can always just do some research on your own, but it's, Mm, it's, it's it's terrible up here. So, um, to say that
1: schools is, it's a misnomer because learning is one of the last (laughs) things that happens in these institutions is actual intellectual enrichment
0: i know know we sound like we're crazy uh weirdos but if you come live up here for a month you will see what we're talking about yeah um but god is good god is gracious he is leading us and we are doing our best to follow by the power of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. um i think we should read through these lies uh just go through them like read them each out Mm -hmm. so that people can kind of know where we're going and start to think about what these are and the truths around them. So,
1: And Just to reiterate, I want to make sure we give credit where credit is due. This was an article written by uh, the gals behind Mama Bear Apologetics, It's an mm-hmm. incredible social media. They're, it's a full-on ministry. Mm-hmm. So they have books. They have encouragements online via social media. Um, very good, winsome, intelligent writing on all these types of issues. So go check out Mama Bear Apologetics um, and just know that these ideas are coming from them. We're going to interact with their ideas here mm-hmm. today. So uh, lie number one. You're incapable of waiting. Why try to do the impossible? Yes. What's lie number two?
0: Lie number two. Waiting for marriage is literally unhealthy.
1: I love that you use the word literally. In literally. this like teenagers.
0: <laughs> lie number three. You aren't a, quote, real, and quote, man or woman until you've had sex. Hmm. And lie number four. My kids don't want me to talk to them about this.
1: Hmm. Wow.
0: So this is kind of where we're at. This is where <laughs> we're going.
1: Uh, First off. Ask yourself, fierce parent, have you subtly or overtly, have you bought into any one of these lies? We're not saying shame on you. We're saying open your eyes. Sure. Open your eyes to the lies. <laughs> open your
0: eyes to the lies.
1: So you're incapable of waiting. and Why try to do the impossible? That's lie number one. Right. What is the subtle truth here? So we, we waited. It was difficult. We didn't have sex until our wedding night. Mm-hmm. And so the subtle truth here is that it's really hard. <laughs> it's it's really difficult to wait to have sex when you're a teenager or when you're a young adult. It's yeah. really
0: difficult. Well, the hormones, I mean, just physically speaking, the hormones are raging. You know, you're growing, you're developing, your body's changing, all those things. And so, yes, it seems like a monumental task, right, to wait for sex as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the, the thing, the truth that we can grab onto here. Uh, is that in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it talks about the Holy Spirit, right? He has given us, yeah. he is producing in us self-control. He's cultivating that within us. And so if we are, you know, walking in the Spirit, living by the Spirit, trying to train our kids, I mean, these battles are going to come whether they're 12 and 13 or when they're older, because it's not always about the battle, it's about the truth of the self-control aspect, right? Because once you get married and you can engage in sex, you can struggle with self-control in other areas. So this idea that it's, you know, it's impossible Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, sex is just, it's, it's like the pinnacle of all the things and you're just, you're not really living unless you've had it. It's just kind of a, a lie that they're being fed. And hmm. I think cutting, cutting kids off at the, the knees, like, you'll never be able to wait. I mean, she's too pretty or he's too hot. And you yeah, just,
1: they mentioned that in their article.
0: Yeah, how, how do you yeah. just waiting. What a joke. Like, just do it, man. It feels good. And so yeah. to...
1: You said something that I want to draw out a little bit more from there. As you said, getting married is not going to fix this, the underlying subtle right. truth here that... that uh, living righteously is not easy. That's that's the truth that I think this lie is hijacking, is that there is something difficult and different and set apart about obeying the law of God because it requires us to mortify our flesh, to mortify our sin, and be living sacrifices and live by the Spirit walking. That's Galatians 5. And so that's the subtle truth. And when you get married, and this is how we can maybe enliven this, the, bring the big truth out is, Son, daughter, yes, you're right. Waiting, you know, waiting to have sex is countercultural. It's very difficult, uh, and you're gonna fight it. You're gonna get flack until for the it, day, yeah. and, and you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna get, you're gonna get flack from your friends. That's true, but here's another thing: the Holy Spirit is in you. You mm-hmm. can walk in the Spirit, and you will always be kind of battling against right. sin, right. and. He's using this as a means to get your heart, to get a, a, a greater grip on your heart.
0: Right. One thing they said here was our sex lives require just as much self-control as anything else. So again, they're talking mm. about this fact, like, you know, once you're married, like your job and marriage can suffer if you get ensnared by a porn addiction, right? There's, again, mm. it's not about sex, right? It, it is, but it isn't. The, the truth here is about self-control. The truth here is that I need to be learning how to walk in the spirit. I'm going to need help. Our kids are going to need our help. We are the parents. We've been through this. Our hormones, hopefully, are not raging quite as much as they were when we were young teenagers. So we are there like the bumpers on the bowling lane and we're trying to get them down the lane. (laughs) Um, so we can be that safe place and that right. that help to them and encourage yeah. them and to enliven them with scripture and prayer and conversations and debunking these lies and and showing them where the real strength is and it's in Christ that we can overcome the Holy Spirit empowers us to be obedient the the battles will not it, it can feel really I think big and scary and hard the first time but as you continually face you know the flack from your friends or the um, you know, the temptations in your mind, or something as a young person, it's like it will get easier as you develop tools, as you learn how to fight and wage war on those. Again, asking the Lord and trusting the Holy Spirit to give you, to empower you to um, have victory in those areas.
1: Yeah. I think another big truth we could use to help our, our kids in this space is to say that, that, yeah, waiting's difficult, but waiting's worth it. That it's going to be worth crossing the finish right. line and it's experiencing caused- this gift the way God designed it. Yeah. And look at that and i think that was the main promise that you and i clung to was that we had our li- our married lives to figure this thing out we didn't we wouldn't use that language at the time cuz now we're realizing that it's something that we're constantly figuring out mm-hmm. hear more of that on the fierce marriage podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> jump um, over
1: <laughs> but it's a gift worth waiting for Yeah. and that deferred you know Pleasure is worth it.
0: Right. And the purposes that God has created behind it. And it will multiply. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Why number two? This one makes me chuckle because it seems so ridiculous that waiting for marriage is literally unhealthy. (laughs) (laughs) I think of Chris Traeger. You're literally my favorite person. Selena Frederick. Right. (laughs) That's a, yeah. So
0: the argument here is that kids are doing damage on their future relationships and psychologically it's just going to hurt them and cripple them if they're not um having sex now and gaining that quote-unquote wisdom right that's kind of the argument behind that and you know i think we still hear it today is like how are you going to know if you're compatible and how are you know, going to know if like you guys will work as a couple if you don't have sex and it's like well that's not the purpose of sex right if we go back to the purposes it is not to find out whether or not you're compatible and that if you're healthy right oh, like baby. that's yes. not one of the purposes so amen uh, well the truth in here, what would you say the truth is in here, my love?
1: Well, the subtle truth that's being twisted is that, uh, I mean, waiting for marriage is literally unhealthy. I think the subtle truth in here is that...
0: Uh, it might feel unhealthy, but it's not unhealthy. <laughs>
1: I think the subtle is is that it grates against our flesh, right? Or that there is a sense of um, naive, naive naivete, right? <laughs> that comes along with waiting until you get married and the justification that says and they quoted I don't even want to name the author because I don't want to give her any undue press <laughs> but she had she wrote a book and it talks about it says marriage waiting for marriage robs people of their sexual development during which they could be quote gaining wisdom from having lovers making mistakes and falling in love
0: oh someone who- Isn't that just
1: make you puke in your mouth a little bit I'm sorry <laughs> but this that twisting of like yet somehow you need experience in to this gain to gain wisdom in it. Mm,
0: why that is counter biblical.
1: And this is why I love the Mama Bear apologetics folks. It's because they end this part of the article with this. This is a quote: "Wisdom comes from resting in the Lord, not from resting in the arms of a string of lovers."
0: Oh, amen. <laughs> Preach it, <laughs> so, Mike. Drop bunk. <laughs>
1: that's the big truth. Yes, <laughs> that uh, your greatest health is to be found in obe- obeying God. Your greatest health and wisdom is to be found in submitting yourself mm. gladly to in the loving, sovereign arms of Christ. That's where the greatest health is to be found. And so you don't have to worry about waiting for marriage is literally unhealthy. That's ridiculous. Let's move on. To line it's number it's the three. Most, un-
0: most healthy thing you could ever do. Yes. Lie number three, you aren't a quote unquote real man or woman until you've had sex. Oh, that's ridiculous. I think the lie here is um, uh, it kind of can poke at people's insecurities and they kind of get into that in the article of you know you're not going to be part of the crowd you're not going to be part of the cool crowd or you're you're not really a real you know man or woman again we these are not the markers of womanhood or manhood when Mm. we look at the bible and we look at the truth we see that the markers of humanhood (laughs) womanhood Mm. are are not i've had sex it's the fruits of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, Mm. kindness. Um, They said it perfectly. Our kids need to be encouraged that true manhood and womanhood is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, not who they had in bed last night. Mm. So again, painting that picture that it is not about this. This is such a small way to think. This is such a narrow, insecure premise that butts up against everything that God has said and affirmed and marked as uh, a believer as a, a mm. an adult somebody who is growing into the things of God the, he has given us true markers and that's what we need to look at and strive for and ask the holy spirit i don't want to say strive for i guess ask the holy spirit yeah. strive for in that you keep coming back even if you're you know having a hard time with patience like <laughs> i think yeah. that's an ongoing struggle
1: so the subtle truth here is that there is this pilgrimage from boyhood girlhood into manhood womanhood right that there is this mature maturation that needs to happen in yeah. the life of a young person that's that's true right and they're hijacking that and saying the, the shortcut to that
0: mm.
1: in a significant way is to have sex and to have as much sex as possible and the irony of this and the hypocrisy of this is that we in our culture they're deconstructing you know, the gender roles and they're deconstructing, you know, what it means to be a girl, what it means to be a boy, all, all that stuff is up for grabs. And then the same culture that will feed you a bag, a bill of goods, sell you a bill of goods on the idea of, of gender and that kind of stuff will also turn around and tell you the same Mm -hmm. culture, maybe not the same people, but the same cultural narrative is that now in order to be validated, you need to explore this area that we've Mm -hmm. just deconstructed by the way, explore it, whatever, in whatever way, like you're giving you them, feel. it's like you're giving them, you know,
0: a, dynamite.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're giving them a stick of dynamite and a, and a box of matches and saying like, this is the way to, to find yourself. <laughs> and that's a complete lie. Now the truth that we can replace this with is the, the truth that yes, God is calling you into maturity. He is calling you to develop into a young man, into a young woman, and that will cost you something. And there are. There are indicators on that journey th- mm-hmm. but these indicators are not them. These indicators are I'm thinking of in Jewish culture. I'm not an expert on it, but they had you know different milestones we talked about this in our last episode. Milestones, rites of passage, you know these m- memorials. Mhm. Um these these st- Mo- like not
0: monuments but mm-hmm. like
1: Yeah, like monuments where they would set up a you know stack of rocks and it would be this remember when you see this this is what God did, right? In this place. Yeah. In this place. And so you are on a, on a pilgrimage of sorts. You are on a growth journey, and that growth journey is good, and that's the good truth. Now here, let's look to God's way for how to go about that journey. What does it mean to be a man after God's own heart, a woman who loves the Lord? What does it mean to walk down that path? Um, and that's up to you as a parent to then disciple them in that process and be really you know, vocal, intentional, and, and aware, and available. To them.
0: Yeah. And I just want to take a moment here. I don't mean, I don't want to scoff at these lies. I think the, Some of them always, are very scoffable. But, <laughs> I know, but I think that, <laughs> sorry, I, I don't want parents to be, um, I don't want them to feel shame or turned off by something like this. I just think, uh, that we need to be as Christians vigilant against the enemy's lies, um, because they are more subtle and, it only takes a, a small twisting of the truth uh, to be carried out consistently in order to cause some serious destruction, uh, I think, in mm. the lives of, of us and our children, and so we can mm. grab a hold of the truth. We have been given the truth, and we can go through it. We can be reading it daily. We can be praying. We can be reading it with our kids daily, discussing it with our kids. Mm. It doesn't mean you have to have a four-hour like Bible study time, but, I mean, how many times in the car were you with your mom – I don't know if you did this. I thought you did, but you guys would talk about like scripture or you talk about what you read. Hmm. Maybe that wasn't you. Anyways, we would always pray in the car and like times, carpool. Yeah, um, I think as you got older, you would talk to your mom. My about, mom was,
1: so my mom was a teacher at the school that where I went or where we went.
0: Yeah. She's an administrator.
1: She's an administrator. And so I, every morning and after school, I always wrote with my mom. Yeah. And so, uh, we had really good conversations. She was
0: principal, yeah. She was like all in this. And so I think just don't underestimate with, you know, those moments don't look over don't gloss over identify the opportunities to where you can be talking and connecting with your kids it's in the car on the way to school uh, on the way home however you guys are doing yeah. education so
1: have you jumped into lie number four i don't know if no you i haven't say, okay. i just
0: wanted to stop for a second and just okay. breathe because i think i just get a little fiery about this and Me i too. don't want shame yeah. to be heaped on people and i don't want um people to be turned off i think it's just
1: true well, but here's the thing i feel like
0: there's truth that we need to Embrace. I feel if
1: if somebody's seeking truth in this area yeah i think it's okay to feel to hear somebody speak passionately and fight rigorously for yeah i just don't want to be inflammatory i guess well that's not i mean yeah but the truth the is the nature of the truth yeah so. you're right uh, but yeah we don't want to add the, you can our have own decorum, flavor to that Let yeah, the truth yeah, stand on its own two yes, legs yes um and of course we're not we're not getting into you know the actual apologetics behind one of these maybe go check out mama bear apologetics for some of yeah, that stuff that's great the book is incredible for that. Um, so we are kind of taking a lot of those truths for granted, but just hope you uh, hope you trust that these aren't just things that we're pulling out of our back pocket. These are time-tested, orthodox, you know, Christian doctrine, doctrinal-based truths. Okay, line number four. And you started kind of getting to this, mm-hmm. but it's this, my kids don't want me to talk to them about this. So... <laughs> That's just, it's not true. They do. They want you to, um, any, any parent who's had an honest conversation or honest relationship with their kids will tell you that approaching this honestly, humbly, calmly with their children has never been something they regretted. It's always something that's added value. It's added trust. It's not taken away trust. The only time that this becomes, um, the only time that kids don't want to hear from their parents when there's no trust when they don't actually believe there, there's some, something about the, the relationship with them that has put into question your motives or your ability to articulate uh, around this. I would
0: push back a little bit. I think Please the do. teenage years are definitely those. It's described as like scaffolding, right? The scaffolding's going up, and they're trying to construct like who they are. But we have to be that secure kind of like scaffolding for them in a way, like they are, they're growing, they're testing, they're trying to make their own decisions, and yet they're still, you know, kids. And so I think that it's not, you could be the best parent and have so much trust with your kids, but they're still going to need to kind of uh, build up their own Confidence in, and, mm. and learn from experience and step out and step into some of their own decisions and some of the consequences of those. And so I think that, yes, trust is a huge factor. I would not take that away at all. I'm just saying that as teenagers, I think there are other factors that are like hormones and things that are, and developments that are happening in that season that can make it a little less, uh, make the trust feel like it's a little more shaky than it is. That said though, I think as parents, you still need to just, they said it here. They said, don't let the perpetual AirPods use or eye rolls fool you. Your kids mm, are listening. That's so Let's good. start talking. You are the parents. They will learn from you and they will be influenced by you and they want to hear from you. Wow. So you just need to keep that in your head as you approach them about sex, about pornography, about all things that okay. you need to talk to them about as a parent.
1: Well said. That's really good. I'm, they mentioned in this article and I'm going to pull the, the study up. But they mentioned this study. It's when the power the power to decide campaign, they surveyed thousands of students. And then they asked, uh, who has the most influence on your sexual decisions? The majority, so ages 12 through 15, 52% of of teens ages 12 to 15 said that their parents have the most influence on their sexual decisions.
0: Mm.
1: Ages 16 through 19, one third, so 30, 32%, almost a third, said the same thing. Our parents have the most influence. Number two, guess what? Number two is friends. Hmm. So it was 17% for the younger demographic and 28% for the 16 to 19 year old demographic. And, and, but here's the thing, who helps kids select their friends, who creates Hmm. the opportunities to make friends. If we view like even sports teams, youth groups as discipleship opportunities, you even have some say into that too. Mm -hmm. The people that are influencing the, the, the peers that are influencing our kids, so, well,
0: and how our kids are responding to those peers as well. Mm-hmm. Right? So we
1: can think that we're that our kids don't want to talk about this. We can think that we've lost them because they've got their ear, earphones in.
0: Airpods. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's what the street use, use yes, these days, okay, right? Whatever. <laughs> they've got their their are Getting old, in. babe. We're getting old.
1: The reality is, is they still care about what you say. They care about what you think, and they mm. care about your encouragement, your affections toward them.
0: Way more than they will let on. I totally remember being a teenager oh, yeah. and being like, I so wanted the approval of my parents, but that, I, but you also you like don't want to let on that you want that. Like,
1: I was absolutely that kid that sat in the youth group, with just complete stone cold dead face, like absorbing arms, everything, absorbing every word
0: <laughs> the pastor was saying.
1: And if you looked at me, you thought like that kid is not even home. Like, it's not, <laughs> nobody, the lights are on, but no <laughs> one's home. <laughs> and and here oh, I was internalizing everything. Now this is the part I want to draw out of the survey is that if you ask parents, okay, who has the, the greatest influence over the sexual decisions my kids are making? Most parents, I would argue, I don't have data for this, but I would argue that most parents would say media. They'd probably have friends in there. They'd probably say like, oh, the religious leaders. So like their youth pastor is going to like have a positive influence. Should, on them. should. They would probably they say should. should, yeah. But in reality, get this, ages, teens, age 12 through 15, it was only two, only 2%, of those kids said that their religious leaders had a significant influence.
0: 2%. Well, well, that's, I mean, look where the church is though today. Okay. And
1: they didn't go up much. It went up 3% with the 16 to 19 year olds. Yeah. And then for media, okay, you would, you would think, oh, media is just,
0: Socials, all the social (laughs) platforms.
1: Yeah. They're ruining society, right? That whole narrative. Only, uh, only 3% of ages 12 through 15 said the media had an influence on them their sexual decisions and only 7% of ages 16 through 19. And those are the ones that are on TikTok and all the the, the whatnots.
0: So dispelling some lies here that maybe we're believing as parents. Yes. Forgetting that we are the influencers. We're the first disciples Uh, of our children. Wouldn't wouldn't the enemy want us to do that as parents?
1: So he's going to mobilize people to have negative influences on our kids, but then he's going to also do a double campaign where he's trying to get parents to realize that the undue influence is greater than it is. Yeah. So we're, we're saying here at Parents, these are lies. You can step up, step into, I'll say step up and step into mm. these hard conversations.
0: You're there, man. You're already there. You're already there. God's already put you there. You guys there. are awesome. So, Well, I'm just saying that. You're there. Your, I don't even know if there's awesome. a step. I think you're already there and you need to realize it if you haven't. Oh, I see what you're saying. And jump on board and know that the Holy Spirit has empowered you. So... Stay fierce. Get get on board, and know that your kids are watching. And God is gracious to give you more opportunities with them. Yeah. Amen. So don't feel like a failure, or it's too late. God is, God gracious. is gracious and good. We hang our hats on that, don't mm, we? That hang the whole life on that. We hang our eternities hang on. It. <laughs>
1: if if yeah, if Jesus isn't true, then the I'm the in of, trouble. <laughs>
0: by the grace of God, I can hang my soul on that.
1: But but I'm speaking yeah.
0: of grace. Why don't you so, pray for yes, us,
1: Lord? Christ, um, thank you for your truth again and speaking into this area. Thank you for uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help us. May we respond to this in a fruitful, faith filled manner. Lord, I pray for the parents that are uh, struggling with these lies in real time. I pray for the parents that feel like they maybe have lost their opportunity or they've messed things up or they've made mistakes. Lord, I pray that you would just empower and encourage them by the power of your Holy Spirit to have these conversations, Mm -hmm. to place their trust more fully in your design to help them rebuild whatever broken relationships they have with their kids. I pray for the parents of young kids that you begin equipping and and emboldening them around these issues. I pray that you would uh, perk their ears up to the lies they may be hearing and, and starting to believe. Lord, I pray that more than anything that you would let your truth reign in our hearts. That we would, that we would be thirsty and hungry for your righteousness and for your word and for more of you and uh, more of honoring you, Lord. So we love you. Thank you for your graciousness in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, uh, join us again next week for another lively episode. Mm.
0: Goodness. <laughs> fierce parenting's getting feisty over here. It is. I think it's going to get Fiery. feistier
1: and feistier. That next week, I think is going to be. Um, I'm very, uh, I, I guess soberly anticipating and carefully researching for next week's topic. So you'll have to tune in to find out yeah. what that topic yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, this episode of the fierce parenting podcast is <laughs> in the can we'll see you again. Seven days.
0: Till then. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the fierce parenting podcast. For more resources, visit fierceparenting.com, and for daily encouragement, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to support this ministry, please leave a rating or a review in your podcast app or visit patreon.com slash parenting to become a monthly partner. We hope this episode has blessed you immensely. Take care.